0: Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Commander Clash podcast, where the Commander Clash crew, Richard, Seth, Krim, and me, Tomer, we discuss commander-related topics. And today, we're going to go over some cards that we used to play a lot, and now we play significantly less. And there could be a bunch of reasons for that. Maybe our play styles uh, shifted in a way that we don't really uh, enjoy these cards like we used to uh, maybe uh, there might be budget reasons. There might just be uh, Various reasons why we personally do not run these cards that we used to run a lot anymore And that's not to say that these cards are bad That's not to say that you shouldn't be running these cards, but we all have our personal preferences and we all Decided to shift from certain play styles and certain cards that we used to play to cards uh, to other cards and that's kind of a natural process in commander and it's just kind of interesting to see looking back at like previous commander clash seasons like season two season three season four we're on season 11 of commander clash we want to see what cards uh we used to run a lot in the back in the day and and see why we don't run them now and just discuss it so let's whoa what's what's my voice today (laughs) one second (laughs) Is that a
1: goldfish Scoopy Cup.
0: Cups? The this right is the color. prototype, Richard. This is the prototype for the Scoopy Cup. I wanted, to, I wanted to show. Oh, speaking of, by the way, if you want to support uh, the show and you want to support this channel, Uh, You can do so uh, one of two ways. The first way is you can give us monies, and we can give you product, uh, like all the sweet play mats on Richard's wall. Uh, Maybe if you want a Scoops sippy cup, and you want something like this, maybe styled as Scoops, uh, you can... uh you can leave a leave a comment, email Richard specifically Richard. It won't just be me this time uh, asking for it. And uh, there's sleeves and deck lists, or sleeves and, and and deck boxes and all that good stuff at the MTG Goldfish Merch Store dot com, and also, the other way you can uh, help us out is wherever you're listening to this, be it Spotify, iTunes, uh, YouTube, wherever, um, if you give us a little like button, a little follow button, a little whatever the equivalent is on wherever you're listening, uh, that helps us out a ton t- as well. So that's, that's that spiel. That was a great transition. Um, and now we're going to transition. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> now we're going to transition to the first card on our list. Uh, let's kick it off with Krim. What do you got for us? All right,
2: so something that I used to play a lot of, and like, every, if if I had blue, I pretty much threw it in. It was like one of the first few cards I would always add. It would be Mystic Remora. So if you don't know what Mystic Remora is by now, it's a a single blue, and whenever a player and well an opponent casts a non-creature spell, they pay for or you draw a card. So normally, I this card is like stellar in CDH. like I would still play it there. But in regular EDH, uh the games are slow enough to where I just noticed that a lot of people I, are just like, A, they just don't do that much into it, and they just pass. Or they play a creature, or they do something, and it's just... I've kind of just stopped adding this to all my lists. Uh It just was not what it once was for me. Not to say that the card is bad. Uh, the card is, like, good, uh, like, in CDH still, and it probably is right in certain metas, but most people just don't play into this, uh, like, for, for like, the playgroups I'll try. So I've kind of just dropped it. Interesting. Hmm. I don't even play it in my Alela deck.
0: You, you know what's crazy? Like, this was... I remember before, like, Cauldra, before, like, Edric or whatever, I feel like I was most known for this Mystic Remora card. Like, I would just, like, shill it... Every single time in all my budget commanders and i ran it primarily in every i ran it in basically every single blue deck because at the time for most of its most of its time in commander as a format it was like less than a dollar it was like yeah risk study is like five dollars or whatever which is a lot but you could get mystic remora and you know it's only like 30 cents or whatever i remember like i just stopped Adding it to Budget Commanders once it hit, like, you know, $5. And I'm looking at the price right now. It's
3: $10 US. $10 US? Why hasn't this got a reprint? It's on the reserve list. I feel like it's still a really good card. I don't play it that often. I, I, I guess I've never played it super often. But really, like, if you draw two cards, three cards, like, isn't that... Doesn't that more than pay for itself? Well...
2: First off, I find people don't play into it, and then on top of that, I'm constantly paying for its upkeep when I want to set up for it, when I want to set up my turns, right? So, I just, like, I used to play this, and I'm not, like, saying that, you know, like, yeah, as again, it's a terrible card. I've just noticed that I don't play it as much anymore. It just doesn't do enough for my my decks. I'd rather have something else
1: one's interesting. I don't play it because I also don't play Rhystic Study. So to me, it's like the OP card draw that I, I don't need. But maybe Krim is right. Maybe maybe you can actually play around it. But I feel like you slap this on turn one, you're drawing like two, three cards. Like people are not skipping Rampant Growth because you cannot pay four, right? Like you just absolutely cannot pay four. You can actually pay one for Rhystic Study. People will actually wait it out. And this one has a time on it, right? Like you only pay cumulative upkeep for so long. So I feel people play around this more, like, in, in that sense. They'll wait for it, but maybe they don't. They're like, just four, I'll just slam Rapid Growth. So, I don't know. Seth, would you play I'm Rapid slamming. Growth? i Oh,
3: too? of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, Seth's a table. You know, that, you're you skipping your setup for it, too. That's the main yeah. thing. Your setup's so, one mana, though. So, <laughs> like, I think of well, it as, like, uh, maybe, maybe somewhere between two and four mana. Like, I'm not... I'm not planning on keeping this around for the whole game. Like that's not really Mm. practical, but like playing it and like paying once or twice, I think that that's often worth it. And I also think like why it does have value on turn one or turn two, I also think it's a pretty good late game card because four is a really high number. Like four is enough that you can't, like in the late game Rhystic Study, maybe you cast a couple of spells and people pay for it and it loses some power. Four is so much that you just, it really is when they cast a spell, draw a card. I don't think I've ever seen anyone pay for one of these triggers a single time. So in the late game, when everyone wants to have their big turns, you can drop it. You got plenty of mana that you can still execute your game plan and probably draw a few cards with it. So I'm not saying you're wrong to not play it, but I still think it's like actually one of the most powerful card rod spells that you can play in blue. I, w-
0: I would still run it a lot. I, uh, but I do agree that it's 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 not as powerful at casual table pools as it is at CDH. Because at CDH, you just have to imagine like what are the most played cards. And it's going to be like all the, the, the legal moxen, you know, Sol Ring, Mana Crypt. Those have to be in the deck. Jewel Lotus is really popular too. Um, so... If you if you manage to drop this early on, uh, you're going to be looking at a table that everybody's running like half of their deck is is non creature spells that are incredibly cheap that they want to chain together. Um, whereas in casual tables, you know that's not really the case. You're not really running all that fast mana. Um, and so I think the the average yield in a single game, I like uh, less a, a more casual table is going to be a little bit less. That said, I still think it's a good card. But I, I do try to stick to themes in my decks, and I want to have like them- thematic card draw. So I'm only going to be running this in like Brago, for example. Ways to like re- reset the the counters. Uh chis- cheesy, yeah, cheesy, <laughs> cheesy. yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> really good and cheesy. Moldrotha, it's really good because you never have to pay the cost. Really, you can just let- sacrifice and then cast it from the graveyard. So I like it. I, I I won't run it in generic decks because I really like I really like sticking to themes. But um, I, I still think it's pretty good. But yeah, it's it's not close to as good as where CDH is. It's not like it's not like you're you're just like you're you're lowering your power the deck's power level like super low if you're not running it right in a casual t- yeah, it's a casual table. But it's still, I still think it's good.
2: I think it's medium. <laughs> Medium.
0: But it, it's it's like
2: rhystic study is better. So I do like oh. rhystic study. <laughs> so
0: rhystic study is pretty good, yes. I hear.
2: I'll play I'll play that card. I'll play that card. That card's pretty Ugh. good.
0: Ugh. Alright, we'll move on. Seth, what do you got for us? What's a card you don't play that much oh. anymore?
3: So so this one may be a little bit of cheating, but the card, if I gotta be specific, is the empiric tutor. But really it's tutors in general. So Ah, uh, there's a couple of things going on here. If you look back at my early Commander Clash decks, they are overloaded with tutors some of my most played cards from the early season are like dark petitions and increasing ambitions and diabolic tutors and demonic tutors have appeared like i would play six tutors eight tutors in every deck i could like if there was a decent tutor it's going to be in my deck because when i first started building commander decks i was like "Well, wow, i got 100 singleton cards i'm always going to want to be able to find the good ones or the right one and my whole philosophy on playing commander has really shifted over the time i've been playing where now i actually want the variance if i want consistency then i'm going to play modern or i'm going to play legacy or standard or whatever I, I want to have the the inconsistency of not always having that card because that's kind of i think part of what the format's about but that all, goes all the way up to vampiric tutor which i was actually looking through my deck list i played vampiric tutor twice since 2019 when if you look at my older older decks they're in literally like every single black deck is playing vampiric tutor that's like demonic tutor and then vampiric tutor the first ones you add and that's in part because I try to only play like one tutor per deck now. And if I'm in black, I'm gonna play Demonic Tutor. But it's also that I actually think Vampire Tutor is not as good as people give it credit for. Like it's putting the card on top of your deck rather than into your hand. I don't know, I think that loses some of its value. If I am gonna play a tutor, I wanna be able to get the card that I'm tutoring it for and use it right now, not wait a turn, not cast it on an end step. I wanna be able to snag a wrath and wrath the board or snag a removal spell and kill the thing that needs to die. Not, you know, do that with suspend one. So not the vampire tutor is bad. It is the best tutor outside of demonic tutor in the format, but I'm kind of down on tutors in general. I think the format's more fun when you don't have that level of consistency. That's the most ridiculous take, set. <laughs> so I
1: agree with you for normal people. But for us as content creators, I found Vampiric Tutor has actually shot up over time because A, we, we play a new deck every week, right? So the deck needs to do its thing, right? Like we don't play the same deck like 10 times in a row. So to ensure it does its thing, you need to load up on tutors. And B, we play weirder and weirder decks as time goes on, right? Like we don't play generic, jund, good stuff deck type of things where, you know, any card is the same. Like, what's the point of a tutor? We play weird, here's the one card in my deck I actually want and I built my whole deck around it. So I need the Vampiric Tutor and I actually need to put like Pull From Eternity and other nonsense in there just to make sure it doesn't disappear. So I actually feel as content creators, we've actually played more tutors over time and the the one caveat is crim. And his opposition agents, right? It, it, you know, you have to do a double take and think, like, is it truly worth um, putting in this tutor? Because you could get opposition agents. Tomer
2: right? says yes. Tomer says yes every time.
0: What? Actually- no, I've been respecting it recently. <laughs> I swear, I've been respecting it. I remember there was like one time where you had three mana up, and I was the only one who respected it.
1: But for regular people, I think I agree with Seth. Where if you're playing like a deck consistently, like. Playing singleton is where you want to be, right? So tutors are a bit overblown, right? People if you if you build a deck so consistent, it's weird, right? Like it's it's not in the spirit of the format, I think, but that's another discussion for another day.
2: I, I'm I'm right there with Seth. I fully agree. I've cut tutors, like I started off just like Seth. Why wouldn't I want consistency, right? Like, why wouldn't I want this card every time whenever, at, whenever I needed it? And then it went from cutting, like, just a few, like, having, like, all tutors to a few tutors to the now. I'd play, like, one or two. I mean, like, fetch lands, whatever. I don't really care about those. Uh, that's not what I mean when I say tutors, even though it technically does tutor. But, yeah, like, I, I, I think that it, it's just not it, – it just does I, – I want the inconsistency. I'm playing a singleton
3: format. I want the singleton experience. For me, sometimes tutors feel bad. They just just, like feel bad. Like, you get in this position where it's like, I can get my combo and win the game, but that's, I want to be playing a fun game of commander with my friends. Like, that's why I'm here. And it puts you in this like really awkward position where it feels wrong to tutor suboptimally and get a bad card. But then at the same time, it feels what? bad to just be like, "Oh, vampire tutor, demonic tutor, you know, whatever. Thassa's oracle gotcha. Like, <laughs> good game. Like, so I feel like tutors lead to decisions I don't want to be making on a regular basis." Like Seth, 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 Seth. Seth. <laughs> you You're
2: telling me. <laughs> If you've never suboptimally tutored, I do that all the time.
0: I
3: mean, I do, but
0: I feel I, I do, but I so feel I mean, I'm just a bad player, so I suboptimally A bit all of both, a bit of, of both.
3: I, I, I do suboptimally tutor, but then I feel bad about it. So my solution has been just to play less and less tutors, so I don't have to make the decision at all. Basically,
0: I'm, I'm kind of torn on that because, like, sometimes, sometimes, like. If the tutoring is, like, uh, easy win-the-game combo, then I feel like the problem more lies with the the combo itself than the fact that you're tutoring it up. Because if it's just too strong of a combo, then, like, if you just also naturally draw into it, um, then the game just kind of also ends really quickly, too. This obviously lowers the variance, and you're going to do it more consistently. But I also like tutors um, when, for example, somebody else is running away off the board and need to find a board wipe. So it's it, in some ways it can actually prolong the game uh, and let give other people chances to to pop off, as it were. Um, I don't really run, run in my paper decks too much because I just don't like shuffling. I really I really don't like shuffling. I have small baby hands and they're just it's a hundred cards and my baby hands they can't. We can't do all the things so Spence i don't even to run touch planes.
3: We, we need to do a shuffling tutorial video tomer me and you will tag team it and do you a would video have about to show to me i would be like what am i doing i'll breaking, like, <laughs>
0: high-value cards. Um,
2: Watching Seth shuffle is is scary and painful. Just, just a 60-card so. deck, by the way. We're yeah, just, just
0: 60 a 60-card yeah. single-sleeve. <laughs> we went to Vegas in what was it, 2019, in the before times, and, and I remember like the scariest moment was when Seth was playing before. It was like, these like alpha decks or something oh, like yeah. with like yeah, actual black lotus like real is and power. Yeah. It was probably
3: like a fifty or seventy thousand dollar deck, like some ridiculously <laughs> expensive deck. And yeah, that and you oh. and you don't shuffle
0: with in in person, right? Because I all your all your games yeah. is is moto. So who's like, <laughs> so, you know, so it's like I could see the stress on your face
3: <laughs> as you're like handling these cards. I think the black lotus that. survived. I, I'm pretty sure it survived. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you have to be so delicate.
3: Um. All right, moving on.
0: Richard, what do you got for us? What's a card you don't play as much anymore? All right, I was actually looking
1: back at our mana bases from season one, two, three. They're wild, <laughs> right? <laughs> so a lot of, like, the, my most changed cards are how mana bases are built. Uh, we saw a lot of temples. So temples are like the Theros cards. They're two colors. When they enter the battlefield tapped, you scry. And then vivids, which uh, enter tapped, they add a color, and then they come with two charge counters, and you remove a charge counter to add a color of any mana, and it's just, wow, we used to play this, and we used to be happy about playing Temples. Uh, lands have been power-capped crazy, so dude. hard yeah. over the past couple of years, right? We have Triomes, we have so many fetchable uh, dual lands, uh, we have battle bond lands, uh, so... Like, these, these lands are still, like, kind of respectable. Like, if you're building on a budget, right? Like, they're, they're better than Guildgate still, and they're still playable. But, you know, if you're building optimal mana bases, these cards just have no no place anymore, right? Uh, you have World Tree and things like that as well to fix everything over. So it's actually kind of wild how different mana bases are now compared to back then. And five color is, like, no issue if you have no budget today, right? Whereas mm-hmm. before, it was actually kind of challenging still. <laughs> eh.
0: Ten, 10 dual lands, 10 fetches, and then what you have like six other flex slots. Yeah, but Almost you didn't even have triomes
1: back then, right? You you yeah. like you can you can conceivably get like triple white or something in a
3: five-color deck today like yeah. no sweat, right? Whereas before you you can't do it. I was going to say it's kind of funny I found myself I still play nipples sometimes in two-color decks. Those are the decks where I find myself just needing more dual lands sometimes. So I play like a lot worse duels in a two color deck than I will in like a three to five color deck where I feel like I just have so many shocks and fetches and battle bond lands that I don't need things like temples, but I still do have them show up on occasion when I have a two color deck because there's only that many two color dual lands. So sometimes they still mm-hmm. sneak in a little bit for me in those decks in specific.
2: I, I, I don't play them anymore. I, th- I think I play them only in two color decks where I just need, like, like, yeah, the duels, right? But other than that, I, I, f- I find myself also removing them. Uh, there's just too many sweet new lands that do so much more between... Like, an example, we just got the cycle of, like, Midnight Hunt lands and stuff like that. Uh, and, and, and those are actually amazing. And now with, like, more of the Battle Bond lands, I find myself less like just needing these less and less every day. At this point now they're almost not in any decks unless I have like an altar or some kind of specific sentimental value to
0: them. I think I think that it makes it makes sense. Like I don't think it's ever been a secret to us that uh mana fixing lands that enter the battlefield untapped are usually the best ones that you should be running. But in the past we have had uh at least on Kaberkash uh, we used to have like budget restrictions, so we I think one of the first uh, house house rules we had was all of our decks had to be twenty tickets, the online currency. Um, so we did kind of alter our decks based on that. I think we had to we had like a real like a paper budget restriction on on some of the seasons as well. But at this point, we've lifted all all such restrictions, so that's why we like pop out pop out like the vamp tutors and the mana crypts and whatnot uh, whatnot now. Um, I will say though, like even at, at the lower budgets, like we just have a lot of better options than we used to. Um, the, the Battle Bond lands, or not, well, not the Battle lands, uh, the Battle for Zendikar lands, the ones where um, if you have two or more basics, they enter the battlefield untapped, and they have uh two basic land types. Um, those I I, I like quite a bit. I actually like the the Innistrad ones, where it's like you have to show. Uh, show a basic land from your hand because like oh. if I'm in two color decks, oh, you're gonna list pathways I, next Seth is gonna lose no, it no I actually don't oh like God, pathways hold on. Path- pathways, only path- pathways are the better
2: other. than the, the the shadows over here no I, I
0: like land. them In two- in two color decks I'm gonna be running what like I'm gonna be running like 20 basics in my in my two color deck, so why why not yeah. why not run those and then then the new ones the midnight hunt ones where it's <laughs> so if you someone helps Seth he's if fallen you have over two it. more lanes, to, yeah. like what are the odds <laughs> what are the odds I'm gonna draw this card and I'm gonna put it onto the battlefield tap yeah. like very very low like I th- I think a lot of people kind of undervalue basic lands in a two color deck I'm I'm running I'm running twenty of them like that's my def- that's my default so in a like a lot of these deck
1: or in a budget deck.
0: Like, if I'm, if I'm in a budget deck, but, like, I, I almost never play, like, budgetless. Um, lands are so well, if you're much better. in a budget better, deck, you, you might
1: on. as well just go the 18-18 split. No! <laughs> right? Like, no, like some, a limited right? deck. Like, yeah. some guild gates.
0: you got to have some consistency in your deck, and these have for two, both colors you need. And if you're in a budget deck, yeah, you can't afford... Maybe you can't afford, like, battle ball lands or whatever. You can't afford your mana confluences or whatever. But, you know what you will have? You're gonna have like the the showlands. You're gonna have the the I don't know battlelands. You're gonna have the the new lands. You're gonna have exotic orchard. Exotic orchard was uh was printed to 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 death in all the precons recently. But that's a kind of a new thing. Uh, you're gonna have command tower obviously. Path path of ancestry was used to be like a five dollar card, but they printed in every single precon now. It, so you just don't need to use a lot of the the stuff we used to use, like Vivids and whatnot. Like even on a low budget, like you can you can have a really respectable uh, two color mana base, or even three color mana base, uh, with most of your lands entering untapped, with still getting some mana fixing. Seth, you don't like these cards. I, so.
3: <laughs> I agree the with your overall point. Our lands have gotten better, so you don't need to play Vivids and so forth. But I would play a basic over the the shadows of Ranastrad lands. Like I find <laughs> that to be like the worst. I I would rather just have a I would rather just have a basic. I think they're that that underpowered. You guys powers. need to run
0: more basics. You uh, guys need to run. Man. I want to see that. What's what's the math on that? You have twenty basic lands in your deck, and you're running the show lands, like the one that you have to show a basic from your hand. What are the no odds matter no matter what won't? the.
3: No matter what the the math says, you are going to top deck it the turn after you play your last basic every time. I've played them say, enough it's a temple, in though. various formats. The to tap like okay, but well, it doesn't scry. Then just play an actual temple and get a scry out of it. Scry's <laughs> At least you're getting some value. Ugh. Scry one is overrated. Uh, I don't. I actually don't like the Zendikar lands that much either. I like the new in wait, 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 I think wait. Those no. are very good.
0: You're, you're talking wait, about
3: like man,
1: like man, like
2: no. uh, uh, the the duels, the one that actually have a type, like Sunken Hollow. They're good
3: with fetches, but I don't really like them unless I'm fetching them up. Like if you're (laughs) if you're playing a budget deck and you're hoping to have two basic lands, I feel like you should just play the new Innistrad lands instead. That like just care about having any two lands on the battlefield. Wow. Right, it sounds like we need a we need a dual lander. We do. List, we which, need a lander. Yeah. Like tell
0: Tomer how wrong it is. Oh, this, this is, is actually a good idea. I like this. <laughs> we should. I'm gonna write it down. But right we can now. we
1: can agree that temples and vivids are now poo poo. Yes. <laughs> they, that, they, I mean, they're okay on budget, or if you still have them, are they're still serviceable, right? But if you're trying to build optimal, there, there's yeah. other options.
0: All right, I I got one. Well, I was actually going to move in. I, we're, I'm i not going to discuss this one, but Evolving Wilds, Terramorphic Expanse. I, Richard actually pulled out the stats of our most played uh, uh, cards from the last seasons of Commander Clash. And I actually noticed, like since I'm usually the budget player, uh, I noticed that I was running Evolving Wilds and Ter- Terramorphic Expanse in basically all my decks in the previous <laughs> seasons. And as we were discussing all this, you know, like, I don't run anymore because as we just said, we have so many better options these days that it's redundant. I wanted to go to something more spicy though. And this is a card that I ran like so much when it came out. I think it was like season six of Commander Clash, Thematic Compass. This is an artifact uh that costs two mana. Uh, two, two generic mana, and you can pay three oh. to tap it and search your library for a basic land card, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle your library, and then at the beginning of your end step, if you control seven or more lands, you transform Thematic Compass, and the backside is a land that can tap for one color uh, one colorless mana, and you can tap it to untap target attacking creature and opponent controls and remove it from combat. So it basically becomes a mazes a that can tap for mana as well. I used to run this in basically all my decks when it came out. I thought this card was so good because we used Maze of Ith all the time, which another card we don't run that much anymore. But like this is like a Maze of Ith that taps for mana and oh, it also like gets you card advantage, it gets you land. So it's like, oh, I'm in, I'm not in a green deck. Uh I got to get land somehow. <laughs> it, 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 I don't know. I like I, I went from like playing it in every single deck to like steadily over the years. I don't remember the last time I played it. Like I don't is it went from like so played to not played. And I don't know. I don't know what it was thinking at the beginning honestly. What was I thinking? feel so personally attacked over.
1: The, I, I think if we pull the top cards. I play this so often. Yeah, I think Richard this plays card Secret is Secret Rendezvous,
2: Wait, all right?
0: Like what? He, what? Why this is this so <laughs> <whoa>. <laughs> What That's what, do
1: below
2: you, <laughs> what do you love the belt? What do you like all
0: right? Richard plays a lot of things. Why
1: why what do, do I like it? About it? Yeah, like why why do you play it? So would you pay play an artifact that's two mana? Pay three tap, draw a card, right? Because that's what it yeah, is. Right? Oh it draws yeah, a card. Yes. Yeah. And then oh. eventually it becomes no. a maze of it, which is I super would, valuable. I wouldn't right? pay two
0: to to pay five mana to draw a card, pay seven mana to draw a card, <laughs> pay nine mana to draw a card. No, <laughs> I,
1: I I would do it because it's it's not only draw a card, it's draw a card to ensure your land drop, <laughs> right? So you know it's not technically ramp, but um, you know, I, I think it's pretty good as long as you have enough basics, right? The biggest problem is a lot of decks don't run enough basics to support this, but essentially it becomes a Maze of It. And Maze of It is one of the best cards in the game. And the one downside to Maze of it is if it's actually one of your real lands, you're like very sad because you, it doesn't tap for mana and it costs a land drop, right? So this is perfect. It ramps you early game. Uh, and then late game, it turns into a Maze of It when you're actually afraid of getting one shot or getting killed, so... I actually really like this card, and so, I'm surprised, Tomer. You need to come back on the bandwagon. It, I actually,
0: I still run it in a single archetype, and that's lane like land decks. Like, I think this deck is actually best in green because odds of you just playing it for two mana, and essentially it's a rampant growth that because like it will immediately flip on the end of your turn. You pay two mana, you put this on the battlefield. It flips into a land, and it's also mazes a maze of it. Like that's insane, but like. Outside of green, I'm like nah. <laughs> like if I have to wait half the game to get it to flip, then I, I'm not interested. But like if if the deck's goal is to ramp to seven plus lands as quickly as possible, I'm like heck yeah, I'm in.
3: And I mean, it's it is pretty it is pretty slow and expensive, right? So you're, you're paying three. To draw a basic land, like that's even not that excited about that deal. Like a random card, I think in general I would be okay with paying three to draw a random card, but uh, you can't do that too many turns in a row. Like it is, and it never really—I guess it ramps you once it flips technically, but it's not really ramping you in the front half. It's just adding the cards to your hand. So I don't—I've never played this card. I actually just went back and looked through my deck. One (laughs) one single deck in my entire commander history has this card in it. So. I
2: don't think I even, like, ever played this to begin with. <laughs> like, <laughs> I
1: can't believe, believe in playing lands, nor ramping. So this is the surprise, right? I pass. mean, surprise, right? Like, yeah, like, look, ah. You can draw a goal with this, crim.
3: You can hold yeah, you up can the counter draw magic. Go. They do nothing. <laughs> you,
0: you you draw
3: land.
1: I, I, the only
0: time but he I've never ever finds had, seven lanes in a yeah, game, so he like, doesn't have well. enough
3: in his deck to ever flip it, so it's not <laughs> actually that good. This, never this, this hard is hard countered by opposition
1: agent, though, so
3: <laughs> yeah. it, it gets
0: hard countered.
2: And then uh, on top of that, like, I, I think the only time I've ever had this was because I stole it, right? Like, I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> I guess I'll take this, sure. And then I, but, but otherwise, I don't know. I mean, it just sits there, and it, I guess it kind of tutors, it doesn't put it into play. Uh, I don't know, it's okay. It's it's a lot of work.
0: It's so much mana. That's the thing. It's like Yeah, it's mana a lot of work. It is a lot. I so I was looking at the stats. season four. It was in the top four most play cards of that season for me. Behind ah. Bajuka Evolving Wild, which okay <laughs> and Reliquary <laughs> Tower. And I stick by Reliquary <laughs> Tower and Bajuka <Bajookabog> still. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh moving on. Uh what do you got for us, Krim? Okay. So the next thing I have is
2: it's it's a card that I used to look to as a finisher and I'm sure people people loved it when it happened to them, but it's a it's a card called Tunnel Vision. <laughs> and uh this Isn't used there? to be <laughs> You could probably. I, I didn't. I like on our list. I don't actually have the other cards that go with it, but uh, I'll go. I'll tell you what it does first. This is a card I had in every blue commander deck. It was a six mana blue sorcery. Name a card. Target player reveals cards from the top of his or her library until the named card is revealed. If it is, that player puts the rest of the revealed cards and into his or her graveyard and puts the named card on top of their library. Otherwise, the player shuffles their library. So, uh, you combine this with something like Hinder, Spell Crumple, and this was back before they did the rule change where you couldn't get your command, where you could get your commander tucked. So, so uh, this was the go-to thing for me, I counter your commander, I tunnel vision you, milling you out, and and laughing my way to the bank as you mill your whole library. And it was so prominent that people like in my pods had to start just putting Eldrazi in. <laughs> like, wow! <laughs> so uh, it was just a thing where I, I, in a way, you know, brought up the 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 power level of the table. But yeah, it's this. I stopped playing mostly just because of the rule change. Would I? I mean, every now and then I might just play it for the memes to see if I could just blindly get there. But it's so unlikely. But yeah, this this is a relic a, a commander finisher of commander's Pass. so yeah that's right Ima- imagine you playing your commander me saying like spell crumple move it to the bottom of your deck and then naming it
0: <laughs> i think i think yeah this this used to be a really stylish way to finish somebody off but it, it really hinged on the fact that spell crumple and hinder used to be so much more powerful because they used to be able to put you know uh, your commander, the the targets commander, into the bottom of the library, and that was like one of the few ways you could permanently deal with a commander at the time. The most problem was tucking them into the library, but they changed that rule. So now, if the commander would leave, would go would go anywhere, um, uh, you could choose to make it go to the command zone instead. Like it will go there, and then you'll be like, "All right, now I'm going to move it to the command zone." As like an instantaneous thingy. So. Unless you're playing
2: against <laughs> me, there's a strong chance that I, I might misclick on and then. Just, <laughs> I, think, I think this would be cool to do it again,
0: you know, to actually bring it back and try to kill somebody with tunnel vision now. Now that, now that it's not as uh, in style, you know, you bring back a retro kill. <laughs> this yeah. this
2: legitimately was just every every blue deck so, of mine. So.
3: <laughs> oh, you were just playing in like every deck. I, I could imagine doing it as like a against the odds commander clash episode where I tried to like get someone, but i I couldn't imagine running it as like one of my primary finishers. Maybe maybe back in the old days though when you were actually playing those counter spells.
2: Yeah, like, the, the thing here is I used to play this plus, like, I mean, this is more stuff that I used to do that I don't do as much anymore. I used to just play, like, 20 Doomblades and, like, like 30 Counterspells, and, and like, this was one of my few win conditions, and, That's, like, Thraxamundar.
3: That sounds like as every deck command. you play, Grim. That sounds like last week at oh, Commander Clash. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs>
2: it used
0: to be... I used Place to essentially build... now. <laughs> yeah. I played
2: 90, I'm a changed man, okay? Like I, I legit used to build my decks as if it's a 1v1 commander.
0: I could see it. <laughs> Alright. Uh moving on. And Seth, what do you got for, for another card that you haven't
3: uh oh. played in a while? Next up I got I got two Wraths. Uh Day of Judgment and Decree of Pain. I was looking at my early Decree. season Commander commander decks. These cards were staples in their colors. If I was a white deck, I had Day of Judgment. If I was a black deck, I had Decree of Pain. Decree of Pain, I still play on rare occasions in specific decks, but it is definitely not a card that I play in every deck anymore. Day of Judgment, I haven't played in forever. The reason why I think is very different between the two cards. Day of Judgment, it's just gotten outclassed. Like, Day of Judgment they print a new wet wrath every set in between uh, like vanquish the hordes and all the new ones that we've gotten. It's just fallen off the list. Like it's not one of the, you know, three or five or however many best wraths in the format and it's color. So I don't play it anymore. Your pain, I feel like Commander's just sped up since once we started playing. Back when we started playing five, seven years ago, whatever, and it was a little bit more battle a cruisery, a little bit slower. I really liked Decree of Pain, because you would actually get to eight mana and wrap the board and like refill your hand, but now cards have gotten a little bit faster the formats gotten faster things are more efficient and getting to eight mana is just not that easy anymore so now i gotta be like a ramp deck or something uh, more so than just an average commander deck for me to actually put decree of pain in my deck even though wrathing the board and drawing a bunch of cards is oh it feels so good so it makes me sad that i don't play it anymore but it went from being like the first card i'd add to my deck to just like every once in a while throw it in for nostalgia or whatever think of the card draw it's just too expensive I, I, eight mana is just like too. same with like in garrick's wake plague win those were cards yeah. i also used to play and they're just like they're too expensive and too slow for your typical deck i think i i still play degree of pain i think that card is so good
2: like like the cycling ability and whatnot i mean the day of judgment sure but but like like decree of pain come on that's goaded <laughs> right like that thing is goaded it has cycle <laughs> It has cycle, if at the very least.
0: Yeah, so you can draw go-board wipe. That's exactly <laughs> yeah. A different specialty. That card it's is so- goaded.
1: <laughs> Hall of Famer. So far, the card Seth list is the first cards I throw in any deck of black <laughs> in it. I'm like, first card, Empyrean yeah, Tutor. I Second card, really? Decree of Pain, because you need the tutor to get the Decree of Pain. I don't believe you, you, just, you run You just need to ramp more, Seth. You just need to ramp more so that you can play their eight mana spell. And then Where? wrath the board, draw eight. Like You you basically won the game, right? Like Everyone's lost their resources. You have a, a handful of cards. <laughs> The only reason I would cut it is like because it's too powerful, like in Garrick's wake or something. <laughs> but wow. so much card draw, Seth. So okay, imagine, imagine draw. this.
0: Imagine this. This is the the ideal Richard turn. All right, you attack with Cartographer's Hawk. You ramp. You put Cartographer's Hawk back to your hand. You Day yeah. of Judgment. How do you lose?
1: <laughs> Whoa.
2: Oh, or you just have toski an honorary Tosky, yeah. uh, insert arbitrary tribe
3: and then you it board like even, even die the the other other reason i didn't even get into is like there's way more free counters now. Like everyone's running all these free counters, spells, and you know what's really painful? Tab me out for eight mana just to get you know, skip your entire turn well, as your opponent casts a free counter of pain spell pain on it. For a reason. Because how painful it is. One way or the pierced, other or somebody is hurting.
1: <laughs> I, mean, I mean, if you were trying to wrath and you got countered, you probably lost the game anyway. <laughs> Does not matter if it was eight mana or four mana, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, what you really could do is more. wrath with counter backup with a... with a you know, whatever. Right? Well, for
2: but, those exact same reasons, though, you could force your way through with a Decree of Pain. You can counter them back.
3: And you really don't feel like it's head. too slow. You really don't think it's too slow. You actually put it in all your decks. Interesting. Did, did, like, like, is Seagate Restoration too slow? It's a land. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can but play Decree of Pain we cast,
1: we cast it a significant number of times, and that literally oh. doesn't even wrath the board. You literally time walked yourself just to draw cards, and you <laughs> survived, right? <laughs>
0: I, I do agree that it is, it is worse than it used to be. Like, eight man is a lot. And the fact that there's more efficient answers to it, not just, not just the fact that uh, since we started playing it, like, we, there used to be Force of Will, but we didn't play it as much. Now we do. Uh, but we now also have Fierce Guardianship. We also have pack of uh, negation. negation. Force of negation. negation. But also, yeah. Green has Heroic Intervention, and White not only has Fairy's Protection. But also, Floss Maneuver, which is free yep. to cast um so it has gotten worse like but i still run it just because i love <laughs> i like like i'm gonna like you, you, you got to draw so many cards I'm, you got to switch so many Charles cards is, yeah. man. look at all uh, the I'm cards just,
1: you could draw from this uh,
2: i mean <laughs> i like, you, mean, you should go, love like, like, this
1: card Seth.
2: this is like oh, I the I do. Seth's I d- board
3: wipe i do love this card but just like <laughs> objectively looking through my commander list it shows up every once in a while now. And if you go back yeah. to like 2017, 2016, it's like boom, 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 boom. Every deck gets get in, in there. Those decks have I definitely played a lot yeah. less. Yeah. Like I totally agree with Seth. Like I would
0: play, I would, this would be a slam dunk in all my black decks before. It's good anime. But now I'm, I, I, I don't run it as much. And so I agree with Seth on. on I still that love part. it. Like
3: I, I still yeah. think it's a really sweet card and I, I love resolving it, but I just, it doesn't show up like it used to for me.
0: That's fair all right moving on richard what do you got for us
1: all right uh i have wheel of fortune which i think we played a lot and we don't actually play that often anymore and i for me it it falls with like wheel of misfortune right so on one hand so wheel of fortune reserve list right super expensive so you know just in general we try not to play it uh but Back Some in the of day, us
0: try not to play it. Yeah, yeah I but, don't play it. Back yeah, I in die. the day, I used to play it
1: and I used to actively seek out red. Like I, if I was white, I would try to be Boros so I could play Wheel of Fortune, right? That's how much I overvalued it. But now, like I don't even play it without budget restrictions. Like if you guys like don't like Secret Rendezvous, like how about you draw <laughs> the whole table seven new cards, <laughs> right? So like it's only good in decks that truly abuse it, like Storm, like you're going to win right here. Right, Or you can empty your hand real quick and refill. But as generic card draw, Red has gotten so much better card draw uh, over the years that you, you, you don't feel so desperate that you need to just wheel and hope your opponents don't kill you. Uh, and in a lot of games, we have wheel and we can't cast it, right? We're like, if you wheel, Krim is going to win the game right here. You cannot wheel. You cannot wheel, right? And then you're just holding the wheel and you feel so sad. Wait, Remember the those game? dark times Ow. when Hallbreacher
0: was legal? He oh. yeah. <laughs> well. like, this card's unplayable. Yeah. I've so heard wheels a thing, right? But I, yeah.
1: I feel you're just wheels, even homie. if they weren't super expensive, like the, the value's just gone down. We We have enough card draw that you're not so desperate to just YOLO, reset the table and hope you don't die.
0: Remember that there was like a discourse like two years ago? No, it was like last year. It was last year that there was a discourse on like should wheels get banned? And we we were just like sitting back like what? <laughs> 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 Are you sure? <laughs> yes.
2: Wheels should be banned.
0: Yes. Like, why, to like I prevent still... people from making that the
3: foolish mistake of playing <laughs> them without
0: <that> Hull <laughs> breacher Like Yeah,
2: exactly.
3: I still, Every- I still play Wheel of Fortune a lot. I remember when we had the budget restriction season, and everyone was like, "Hey, you can't play expensive cards," game. and I was like, "Okay, but I'm still playing Wheel of Fortune." Like, <laughs> you're it's not it's going, you going to stop me. I get it. it. Like, <laughs> <to play people. laughs> me, me that was Manta the Drain, one right? card I put my foot so, down about. Like, I, I kept telling Seth, so, "Like, that.
0: there's other card drawn red. Red does does have card drawn." He's like, <laughs> like, "Playing Wheel of Fortune, you can't <laughs> stop me." I'm like, all right, fine. I keep drinking.
2: I keep thinking. That Homer is drinking mustard. <laughs> mustard?
3: <laughs> it does look a little mustardy. Yeah. It's an, <laughs> orange, it, it does look like, like a, a mustard a, bottle. Like an it, old it, like, it it like sh- or something. Yeah. Yeah,
1: with the <laughs> labelist bottle. I was just like, Homer. It's it yellow, though. <laughs> it's, it's orange. It's, 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 a, it's some like
2: ketchup. It's Mustard <laughs> is like
3: oddly orangish yellow. So I'm. <laughs> I'm the biggest defender of Wheel of Fortune, but I do agree with Richard a little bit that we've gotten. Wizards has done a good job of giving Redmore card draw, so I don't think it's as necessary as it used to be. Like, if we were having those conversations today about like budgets and, wow, you know, should you play Wheel of Fortune or not, I don't think I would make as big of a deal about it as I did a few years ago when I really felt like. You had to play this if you were in red to just to be able to keep your hand full and keep up with the rest of the table. I think it is true that there's enough sources of card advantage now that you you don't necessarily have to play it. I still think it's good, and I still put it in pretty much all my red decks. But I don't think it's essential like it used to be. What about Wheel of Misfortune? Wheel of Misfortune I do not like anymore because it just kills me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Every time I, yes. best, I remember the I first die. time we had a cast on like, Commander Clash <laughs> with like Seth like yes. picked like 30 or something. I was like, something. Whoa, yeah. what's going on? We all
0: picked like we to all to pick, one. like one two, yeah. and <laughs> yeah. two <for> and Seth like <laughs> twenty right, to make Boom. sure
2: I draw those cards. That's right. That was on Commander uh Commander Legends like <laughs> release week. Toma, why'd you bet twenty? I mean Seth, why'd you bet twenty? Yeah.
0: Gotta I make sure you get those cards. <laughs> <laughs>
2: oh, that
0: that that card was is, is amazing just for that one moment. I think yeah. that that redeemed everything. I don't run it that much anymore either. Yeah, all right, either. all right. Moving on, uh, Richard, what do you got for us?
1: I I just did Wheel of Fortune. So Tomer, what do you got? No, uh, me.
0: What do I got for us? All right, I have one that is kind of spicy. Um, this was a card that was like a commander clash staple and it actually used to be a card that I ran a lot in my original like commander play group a decade ago which always sounds so weird it sounds like I'm gonna crumble to dust but like when I started playing commander we all started with like the original commander set and pre-cons and stuff everybody was running strip mine strip mine was the card it was so prevalent in my original play group and the play groups that I, I interacted with that people would say like you know like the bounce lanes the caroes that the, the ones that are like they tap for two but when they enter the battle tapped and then they bounce a hand to the thing people were saying those cards are stone card, stone cold unplayable because somebody's gonna have a strip mine and they're gonna strip mine and you're gonna be behind which first of all i i i still think that's a, that's a stupid play from <laughs> nine times out of ten but i know seth would do it to me anyway so like fair fair enough we used to run it all the time in commander clash like i just remember like some of the biggest moments like the the mana crypt uh steel mana crypt strip mine play is like synonymous with commander clash and that was because strip mine was played all the time and we use it as like a political leverage all the time uh i've been noticing that my use of strip mine has gone out gone to basically nothing these days i just don't use it that much and it, i i think most of us have have moved away from it so I'm, I'm kind of curious uh at the table uh if you play the last strip mine now do you do you have any reasons why what do you replace it with
3: so for me i still play it i don't play it as much as i used to i played it i think every single deck if you look at some early seasons i'm pretty sure it's my like number one overall most played card so i used to play it every single deck. I played it that way up until very recently, like 2020. I think what happened is we did that season with the big band list, and... I crammed was Salty because I pushed for banning all his cards. And he was like, <laughs> during our meeting, and he was like, wow, then we got to ban says strip mine. So he banned <laughs> strip mine. And then I just kind of forgot to put it back in my decks after it was banned for that season. So now I don't play it nearly as much as I used to. The only other reason I would say is we got more colorless lands. We got Field of the Dead now. Richard is turning me on to thespian stages and some of these other other options. So there's a little bit less room for a strip mine. But I still think. I should. Uh, this podcast might remind me to put it in every deck again. Honestly, because oh, no. I still think it's like, <laughs> really good. So, bounce lands beware. Strip mine might be making a comeback on Commander Clash. <laughs> dowsing daggers beware. That's the natural enemy of a dowsing dagger.
1: <laughs> you would you would
0: never do it. You would never if if I flipped a dowsing dagger on
1: turn
3: two. Would you strip mine? You would go down I- the land. I'd send strip-man a people's bounce lands on turn two just to send a message. You're dousing dagger <laughs> as an additional would. mana. That's like you don't think so? I mean you might do it for the memes and it'd be hilarious, right? But you <laughs> would lose that, that game. Right? You would like, lose that
1: game because you basically decided to reverse rampant growth yourself, right? You you wasted a land drop, went down a card and a land, and you would lose the game. So I feel super secure playing bounce lands <laughs> and dousing dagger lands and all that stuff because. You don't remove, like, you're not supposed to, right? If you do, you basically sealed your fate uh, just as bad as... In fact, you, you're down a land, and I lost a Dowsing Dagger. I'm still up a land compared to you, right? So
3: it's just incorrect, right? So, I don't I don't do it because it's right. I do it because it feels good. Yeah, it just it, it feels, feels good, good the first someone. time, right, for the memes. But on a continual <laughs> basis, you won't because you won't be able to play your deck, right?
1: So I actually think Strip Mine is too underpowered. You need Field of Ruin. That doesn't ramp all the non, like, you know, tarpons, everyone else. Right? Yeah. The, the, the problem is, like, you want to kill a land, but not go down a land. So if you could do that, I think it might be worth playing over other colorless land options. But as is, you just do not want to strip mine people because you go down a land. So you need painful. to fix that with a, a field of ruin that's yep. made for commander.
2: I fully agree with Richard on this one. I never, I didn't even play it before, uh, pretty much just because of that. Like, I hated the feeling of just being down a land. And, like, yeah, sure, I stop you, but, like, that's fine. Like, that all that does is benefit the rest of the table. They don't have to do anything. I have to use a land drop. Uh, unless I'm, like, a Nap Excavator deck trying to just actually strip pine all your lands. That's the only <laughs> time. Like, uh, like yeah. uh, uh, other than that, it's just, like, in a normal deck, I'm not running this. It's colorless. There, like, like, you had mentioned, there are better colorless lands. Uh, like, I'd rather play Ancient Tomb, anything along those lines. Uh, not worry about setting myself back. I'm more so just trying to accelerate. Unless the only time I felt like I've ever needed this is against a Field of the Dead or like maybe to stop the Urborg uh you know kind of like combo with the with ball mm. coffers. Or Cormus Bell. <laughs> more more recently. <laughs> more more Cormus Bell, yes.
0: <laughs> I, I mean I agree with that. Like uh I, I've started to value the fact that, uh, you know, Stormwind does have a, have a cost. You, it's colorless and you go down a land for it. I think there, there's two reasons why I, I think I started using it a lot less. The first is that I started shifting from trying to deny, like going down a land to answer a threat to just copying the threat with like Vesuva and Thespian stage, like you flip a dowsing dagger or whatever. I'd much rather have my colorless utility land be something that copies it, like Vesuva or Thespian stage, and then try to blow it up because then me and that person are down a, a land, but that's not really helping me that much. It's, it's kind of just putting us down in relation to other people. Um, so I like Thespian Sage those two actually kind of like replace strip mine for me. Also uh there's there's a lot more options these days in terms of flexible target removal. Uh Beast with was the one that we used the most, but like generous gift has shown up like in all my white decks because it's so darn versatile. Like if you have ways to get rid of any permanent, um then when there is a land that you need to get rid of, uh you can just use your genus grift on that and said, but for the most part, I just copy it now. <laughs> I just copy the broken things. And mm. I do the broken things myself, <laughs> or I just steal the broken thing. Yeah, oh, agent <laughs> of treachery. thing. Asian yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> I, I I love that. By the way, the people putting like a like path, whatever the thing that homeway path or pathway, whatever homeward path. path. Homeward path. path. Yeah. I love path. Path. that card. And then you could just steal the homeward path.
0: That's rude. <laughs> that's why you have homeward path and Brand. You know you gotta really make sure. <laughs> All right, Karen what do you got for us next up? I guess one more round. We'll do one more round of cards, and that—that's pretty much it. Um. So I think, like, unironically, I put this on there, and
2: and it is lands. <laughs> it, it, it's legitimately lands. I've you played, you played, <laughs> I need to clarify this.
0: When played... have you been running lands? Chris? <laughs> so
2: like believe it the meme is that I play no lands, but I actually just get bad luck, right? Like like I play a lot of, like I went up to like a 40 land deck and still didn't draw lands. Um so but I actually went down. So uh I've noticed that with MDFCs, I have actually gone down a significant amount now. Uh and now I like it, so yeah cards like whatever the 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 compass is is getting worse for me right but i am just playing more mdfc's than i am now like now i i, I am starting to get to the point where i'm like is zomp consumption like this like at least like it, like <laughs> no!
0: Do I to run bad non mana fixing tap lands in my deck ninety nine percent of the time? No, it, it,
2: de- <laughs> it depends on how many colors I'm playing. But Ugh. if you look at if you look at like the, the decks that I, I play now, I've got it. It reads about like thirty three lands. That's because I'm going anywhere between like like five to six MDFCs. I'll play usually the rare cycle and the mythic cycle. Of if it's if it's two colors then i'll definitely be playing all of it right and I see no reason not to it's just it's too it's versatile it's great and most of the decks that i'm playing I don't I don't mind right like this land is tapped but like other times it could be hagram mauling so oh. I, it could be Valakid awakening i, I could use Pool mimic i can copy some other things like <laughs> like my own things like th- these are these are all really powerful spells on I'm I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I love it. Uh, and hardest part, hard degree. Narset hits him. <laughs>
3: <laughs> that's true. That's how I build my decks. actually almost exactly the same. Like 33 real lands and like around 40 lands with MDFCs. 39, 40. Like I think that's the correct way to build a commander deck. And I'll stand. I'll stand by that. <laughs> See right? Like and yeah. Totally prim so, convinced. Convinced. so, the
2: the land count has gone down. I, this is why you're I like, think if Oh, we redid the, the, tier the list, battle lands are bad.
0: <laughs> oh, this is the reveal lands are bad. It's like, Yes, because you don't run basics, bad. you run Zoff consumption and <laughs> 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 Yo,
1: wow, we've seen I that. Can't we run sloth, I run the Okay, have okay, Zoff okay. Question for Tover Guildgate and plus MDFC or basic plus. Whatever land you liked. <laughs> the, the Zendikar. Snarls, yes. Snarls. Snarls. I'd much you rather have.
0: Were
2: you would to take the, the basic Snarl, and, and snarl oh, combination?
0: Yeah. Oh, over man. Gilgate MDFC? Well, yes. Oh. Well, it depends on the MDFC. Like, if it's, if it's uh, Malakir. On Malakir inversion. Mm. I'm going Malakir in <laughs> birth, baby. No, not
1: an S tier one. Just like a medium, like, say, a Zoff consumption.
0: <laughs> that's not Mania. That's, that's, that's the bottom of the barrel, Zoff consumption. <laughs>
2: I do draw the line at the 1 1 counter thing, but. Like, yeah,
0: that's, <laughs> like, that's the only one I will, the will not good play. <laughs> I, will, I run onto Inversion. I run Valakut Awakening. I run Malakir Birth. I run Balagid Recovery. Like, I just, I run them. But like, I'm not gonna be scraping the bottom of the barrel over a basic lane. I'm sorry. No, there's, there's scraping. Quite, there's Whoa, well, you're
2: not scraping at all. That is a <laughs>
0: privilege. consumption, really. Look, <laughs> <But like, laughs> <and you>, next <laughs> thing you're gonna <laughs> tell me, you're gonna be running like the the, the crappy uh, rogue, whatever. It's like a two, three of menace or five or that. whatever. I do run that. I actually think it. about <laughs> that a lot every time I build a I do deck. I'm like, part. is this the
1: spot to put these like terrible <laughs> creatures? Like, I actually think I mean, about it. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, and I and I think like whatever the the white anthem effect is great in my humans deck, right? It could be a land or it could be an anthem, a uh, kind of like a, a one uh, of so like
0: plus two plus two. I like will, the bad overrun. I will yeah. say I'm yeah. starting so to even, add Jwari disruption into my land. decks just so I can get somebody. Uh, it will be the next <laughs> level of Manatide? Next I've started adding right those.
3: I, I have that in all my blue decks now for that reason. <laughs> that was one I didn't used to play, but now I just, I, I just play them all. Like seriously, except the puzzle puzzle one plus one encounter one, just throw it in. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jawari disruption is making its way
0: into just my decks now. I'm just like, oh. <laughs> hell yeah, yeah. It's killed somebody on commander clash, right? I think you killed. me We get
2: manatide all the time. I literally <laughs> got manatide like the other week. So like,
0: <laughs> I promise you this: Jawari disruption is starting to look better and better. <laughs> Mm-hmm. All right, you hear it here, folks. Stop burning lands. Run off consumption instead. Uh, uh, yes, unironically. we, <laughs> we, we have died. died that right. card yes, yes, I don't know. Ironically, for <laughs> some of us, Unironically Cozine. for some others of us. <laughs> so, all right, yeah. Seth, what do you got? What do you got?
3: Oh, all right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give my last one as kind of a uh, another hot take. Why not? We've had all hot takes so far that no one agrees with. In this one, I should probably start by saying. I don't literally not play this card ever. I just played a lot less than I used to, and that card, solemn simulacrum. I was looking back oh, at man. my. Oh, I was yeah. looking back.
0: Oh, I was looking
3: back at my commander. De- uh, commander just decks. Richard. Richard culture. pulled. Richard pulled stats from Commander Clash seasons. If you go to some of the early seasons, Solemn is my number one most played card. Literally the most played card of the whole season. A lot of other seasons, it's like number two, number three. I played in every single deck. If you look at more recent seasons, it's like 25th or something. I I still play it on occasion if the deck actually calls for it or if it has artifact theme excuse me, but it's not something I just start off every deck with anymore, which is what I did for a long time. So I don't think that Solemn is bad, but I think it's a lot worse than it used to be. It's four mana ramp. It's only a 2-2. We have so many other options now. We have so much two mana ramp. We have so many card draw options. We're talking about cutting, you know, Harmonize and other Decree of Pains. Like we just have so many options that unless your deck really can play off the themes of Solemn, I don't know if it's actually really worth it. I don't consider an ultra staple that is just the first card you put in all your decks anymore.
0: My hot take is it's underrated. It's actually underrated. It's over.
1: High five.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Come on, Chris. I'm with Seth on this.
2: I'm with Uh, Seth on this. It's it's starting to get really overrated for me. Um, And Mm. I just... I don't know. I mean, like, like first, you know what? Naturally, the guy who's going less basics and more MDFCs agrees with the other guy that also does that, right? You don't have basics in ramp. Obviously, it's, yeah, it's like yeah. F
0: tier. You
3: don't have basics. I can It you cannot get yeah, yeah, so no as off consumption on the battlefield, so it's no good.
2: Yeah, but it can't get a win con. Like honestly, I just don't think it does enough for four mana. It comes down at a cost now, where like four mana cards just get so much better. Like it, it's sad to say. Uh, because you know, I love my Sad Bot, but just it doesn't do what it once did. It just doesn't do what it once did. Simple as that. It does not b- like body enough of the uh, the rest of the pod for for it to do anything.
0: I think it's it, it, so so. Whenever and whenever people have a list of like cards that are no longer good enough in Commander, Command Zone did it. Um, I I asked on 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 a Twitter thread to get ideas on what people uh, had. We, that, that that's not also. This is not the the idea of this podcast, by the way. We're not talking about cards that are no longer good enough in Commander, obviously, because we're talking about like playing less lands. But like, you know <laughs> lanes are still good enough. Hey, uh, hey. you're saying hey. basic planes is not good enough. <laughs> no, no, good. no. So my my whole my whole spiel is that a lot of people like is Solemn Simulacrum comes up a lot as as a, as an example that is just not good enough in Commander. I actually, because of all that, I will go and say it's actually underrated. <laughs> because this is the card that basically, if I'm not in green, it's a, it's basically an auto-include. It ramps. Really? Ramp is good because auto it means... include yeah, it, yeah, okay. So, yeah, you have a lot of... Two, if you're not in green, you have limited sources of land ramp. Yes, you have a lot of two-mana ramp now. Those will get blown up. And yes, they are efficient. And yes, I do run them. But it will also still run Solemn. Because when the solemn blows up, guess what? I draw a card and my land my ramp is mm-hmm. still on the battlefield. The the other thing that I think is really good is that when you have a solemn on the battlefield, suddenly people with big creatures they, they somehow, for some reason, swing at other people and not into your Solemn. Why? Because you're going to chump block and you're going to draw a card. And that's like a weird deterrent, but it actually works so many more times. And I've also had like a Solemn where it just it's sitting on the battlefield and somebody has like a sword of X and Y and has protection from my creatures. Guess what? The Solemn is called is, baby, it can still block. And then, like, if you have any deck that's, like, a blink deck, any deck that cares about artifacts like Ozgear or whatever, it gets, it's so easy to get more and more value out of it. It's a creature, so you want to sacrifice it. Like, it, it essentially, it's four mana, ramp, draw card. That's, like, that's already three, but then on the top, the fact that it's a, a chemp blocker and you can do so many more synergy things for it, um, that makes it worth the four easy in my book. Solemn is still good, still playable, still very good in commander. <clears throat> I rest my case.
1: I agree, Tomer. So since we've been doing these tier lists, right, I I spend a lot of time thinking, like, what would the absolute top 10 best cards in Commander would be? Like, just Commander, not even in a category. And I think it's Solemn. Like, to me, Solemn is, like, Quad S for all the reasons, Quad
2: S? (laughs) Like...
1: So only two colors can ramp in Magic, green and white. And white does like a pretty questionable job as you guys mock me for, right? So the most (laughs) powerful thing in all of Magic can be done by this colorless four mana card, right? It also draws a card on its way out. It provides you a blocker for you to not die. It provides pressure for hitting planeswalkers and players, right? And it's non-assuming in that when you play it on turn four, everyone's not going to try to murder you. (laughs) <laughs> right so I actually think it's one of the best magic cards and actually one of the best designed magic cards as well and it goes in every single deck even green decks and especially if you're playing Grixis the the non-ramp decks you must hundred percent auto include this card otherwise you end like like Krim and have like three lands right like you cannot ramp in those colors Solemn is your only hope right so it's like s s s s s s s like, uh, I can't so, believe
0: I'm agreeing with Secret Rendezvous. I know,
1: right? <laughs> I know. All right. I feel so connected to her. <laughs> Finally,
3: <laughs> we
0: agree on something,
3: Richard. Why does Solemn get a pass, though? Like, uh, a pass I'll, play I'll play it in Panharmonicon, I'll play it in Artifact X, but it's, it's 2022. Like, Everyone's on the like, oh, don't play three mana rocks. We got enough two mana rocks. Everyone's on don't play four mana ramp. We got three mana ramp. We got two mana ramp. Why is this one card? I feel like it's just nostalgia that is clouding everyone's judgment because it's an iconic card that everyone loves. But for some reason, everyone's like, oh, Solemn, it's the best card ever. <laughs> it's a four-mana ramp <laughs> spell. Like, why isn't so, my so agitation vegetation after or you whatever good enough anymore?
1: I end up a card and I still keep my land. That's <laughs> the difference, right? You don't play like a Thran Dynamo, like the the argument is you, it's just like a ritual, right? You play it, you get mana, and then it dies instantly. But the solemn survives, right? the The land stays there permanently. Permanent land ramp is very important.
3: Hmm. I guess I'm just not I, as afraid of people blowing up my mana rocks as y'all are, because that comes up a lot when we talk about stuff and. But it always I don't know. Happens. Maybe I should be more afraid of it. But for it, some it reason, because I play all the cards of Love the runs all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you, you play it by pods. So,
0: like, there's a lot of cards that I used to run, and I look at it and I'm like, I'm not going to run anymore. But there's cards that I still run, and they still impress me. Like, I'm looking at the stats. Uh, season 11, I'm a guest, so I, I don't show up that often. But Psalms, my, my top most played card. Um, and then in last season, which I was, which I was an active member of, it's one, two, three, four, five, six in my top six, uh, behind a couple other cards. Um, so I, I still play it, and like usually when 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 I'm playing a card that's old and and I see it in in game, like once it, once you play the card, you could kind of figure out like is this is this card doing what I want it to be doing? And the answer, because I'm still playing it in 2022. Is yes, like every single time I'm playing it, I'm, I'm all like, gee, I wish this was something else. I'm like, this is a good card. And I still run two mana rocks. Like, I still run the talisman. I still run Mindstone, I still run, you know, whatever, the Signets and, and, and all that stuff. I still run those. But the the, the the question is, like, if you have, like, ten ramp cards in your deck, uh, does Psalm still make a slot of those ten? And for me, the answer is yes.
3: For me, it's only if my deck cares about what Solim's doing. panormoniconing or Artifact or whatever. So,
0: And uh, Krim would have to tap out to Kassa so it's li- so yeah. not going it on time. It's a blocker
1: grim. to protect your Planeswalkers. <laughs> <laughs> <But> <laughs> I, I,
2: I do play it in my Amanatu deck, but that's because Amanatu can blink it. Yeah. Right? That makes sense. Other, and yes, it does block Planeswalkers, but... Uh, you can protect your
0: planeswalkers, and, and you're in a vernal deck. It could, if I wanted to play this.
2: Yeah, sure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm actually very curious. So, for for listeners, head over to the YouTube channel to participate in the comments and tell us <laughs> what do you think about Solemn. Like, because I, I know Tomer's right, where a lot of people think it's overrated now. Um, but is it still good? Like, do you play it and regret? Like, are you trying to cut it out of your deck or are you like me and Tomer and think it's the greatest card ever and you should are, be playing it more? I'm actually curious what the general
3: population thinks about yeah. this. Are, are you I, like Richard I, and Tomer? Wrong. <laughs> and we've got viewers. if you, if you, <laughs> if you <laughs> like
1: Solomon, you must love Secret <laughs> Rendezvous.
0: <laughs> remember this. No, <laughs> I take it all back. Right it comes now. in um, a package. I can't. I can't go that far. <laughs> there's also. I. I don't want to. I don't derail. But I, there's another to think about. Also, maybe it's a new podcast topic. Honestly, we talk about things that people think is overrated and see if we they think they're underrated. Actually, cultivating Kodama's reach. I'll stand by that. It's still good in 2022. That's oh, my I, my, I, I my I other that hot one. take. Yeah, those Thanks are those ones are so great. great. Everybody like, says say it's bad. overrated. Like you're you're all crazy. You're all crazy. <laughs> um, anyway, we'll we'll move on
3: um, to. Whose was that even? That was mine. I think it's Richard. Richard. Richard and you to, yeah. right, as the last one, so, I think. Last two. There,
1: there used to be a time where all my decks started with the Door of Destinies.
0: I guess I heard this.
1: Okay, it was my favorite card, right? And it's a four mana artifact. You choose a creature type. When you cast a creature of that type, you get a plus one, plus one charge counter on it. And then your creatures get plus one, plus one charge. Uh, for each charge counter on Door of Destinies, right? And as a player of Jank Tribes, I needed this to make (laughs) my creatures big enough to be respectable, Uh, not to get laughed (laughs) off the table. But I I find this card is bad, actually, right? And that my philosophy and how I play the game has changed significantly since those early days. But what this essentially is, is half a combo piece on the table where you have to play it, everyone sees it, And then they know that when you chain off enough creatures, you're going to die. So they remove you or it immediately. Right. So I don't play any of these incremental pump, like Honor of the Pier. I used to play a lot like those kind of like just like two mana. All your creatures get very slightly bigger. uh, Door of Destinies because it just telegraphs what you're about to do. Uh, And what I prefer to play now is Code of Arms or Beastmaster's Ascension or even Mm -hmm. like a plain overrun. Because you want to spend time setting up, casting solemn's, having everyone laugh at you for playing solemn in 2022. <laughs> and then you slam down the finisher and kill them, right? You don't want to start with the finisher and give everyone time to muster up their response and wait to get you, right? So you don't want them to hold up mana for <laughs> Teferi's Protection knowing you're about to swing in for lethal. So I actually feel, you know, this card has actually played a lot still. And it's, it's really
3: hard to pull off, right? And I, I don't like this anymore you ever wondered how Richard wins with janky tribes, I think you just described it. Like that that play pattern right there, where you like keep it yeah. hidden in hand so you don't know what's coming, and then slam it down. So it actually makes a lot of sense. I've never been a big door of destiny player. I don't really play that style of deck that much, but I, I think I definitely agree with you.
0: Creatures
1: get so big; it's so tempting. But <laughs> it's I fell into that trap. Too telegraphed. Too,
0: like, but yeah, it's too, yeah. As Richard said, it's too telegraphed. Like I used to play it, but like. It will, get, it will get shut down before you can really utilize it. That's the problem. So, as he said, like Beastmaster Ascension, you just play three mana, you put it on the battle. You don't put it ahead. You don't put it like on turn three or something. <laughs> you hold on to it. Like, same thing with Coat of Arms. You hold on to it until you're ready to kill, kill somebody. Then you play it and you attack and you win. Whereas, Coat of Arms is,
2: is probably better, right? I mean, in that case, because like if you hold on to this, you have to then cast. A ton of yeah. things, right? It's and, and so, so yeah. Like the, I, I used to play this everywhere. I think the only reason why I have it in any of my paper decks now is just because I've always had it. Uh, but like, and I, but I, it, they. It, this should just be a Vanquisher's Banner. I think Vanquisher's Banner or anything else like an Eldrazi Monument is is just better than this. And then of course, Coda Arms is still very solid in a tribal deck. Where that one, that's the one where you can just hold and then drop later and then just
3: win with. I was going to say that too. Wizards has printed a lot of like choose a creature type cards lately. Like we've gotten so Mm. many more of those. So there's a lot of other options for your tribal decks too. So this isn't like one of the only ones in existence. So you got to you got Vanquishers banner and you got all the commander cycles, like the kindred, whatever cards. So uh, Mm. you got a lot more options too, where you don't need to play this to support your random janky tribe.
0: And there's, like, flexible finishers now, too. Like, a Chroma's Will, I think, a a big reason why a Chroma's Will is so good is because it's both a finisher that doubles as evasion and whatnot. It it gets that extra damage It's double strike protection from all colors or something. Double strike protection from a color or multiple or whatever. And 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 I don't know. what what is it? what does a chromosome do? It does, it does everything. Like
3: it, it just has so much text on it. I think it just does. A, you, it, you die. It you kill the someone. Someone <laughs> right, yeah, dies. <laughs>
0: hey, choose one if you control is four mana a white instant. Uh, choose one if you control a commander. As you cast a spell, you choose both creatures you control. Gain flying, vigilance, and double strike until end of turn. So there's your evasion. Creatures you control gain lifelink, indestructible, and protection from all colors until end of turn. So one side of it is just like you protect your board from a board wipe. Which makes like stuff like the of Pain worse, as we talked earlier. But then the other side is is the finisher. And if you have a your commander on the battlefield, you do both. So like the fact that you can have a card that protects your board, but also it doubles as your finisher just means like it's it's is usually better than just having someone that's a dedicated finisher slot, unless it, like, it's like is so good that it just wins you the game, like coat of arms. Alright, I'm gonna round off the list with a card. It might be might be hot, might be spicy. Um, and this is this is a card that used to be when I started playing the game again a decade ago because I'm ancient. Um, it was it was like the best one of the best uh card draw spells in the format. It was like this is a huge color bend. Whoa, 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 why is green doing this so well? It's an auto included in green forever and ever in eternity. It's the best card draw spell in green we'll ever see, ever, 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 ever. Uh, it's harmonized. Uh, this is a 4 mana, green sorcery, 2 and double green, uh, and it just says draw 3 cards. That's it. Remember when text boxes were small? <laughs> uh, so yeah, so pay 4 mana, draw 3 cards, easy peasy, no strings attached, you don't need to have creatures, it doesn't, that on lands into that, blah, blah, blah. So it's incredibly, incredibly consistent, incredibly reliable, and 4 mana for 3 cards, even to this day, is a pretty decent rate. Um, and it's is like a time uh, color shifted version of it. Like blue has has a version of this, and it was color shifted way back when. Um, this was a card that was basically an auto include in every single green deck ever, and it, I was no different. I still think this is a very good card, and I still think it's uh, definitely a, a very playable card, and I will run it in some decks. Some decks. The thing is, I run it like a fraction of the, the number of green decks that I used to. I this used to be like the first card I put into any green deck. Now I will cut it at least half the time, probably a lot more than that, honestly. And the reason is the green is just so good at drawing cards these days. Like if I'm in a green heavy deck, am I gonna be running Harmonize Over, Guardian Project, Beast Whisper, Toski? Uh, Shamanic Revelation, uh, Rishkar's Expertise, in rate. Like, all of these are just, like, you pay mana, and then you draw more cards than the mana you spent on it by, like, a bajillion. And, and like, that, that's, like, just the thing that green has. And how many of these do you need? Like, how many of the great henches do you need? How many of these things do you want? Where Like, if I have, like, ten of them in my deck, you know what? Harmonize is number 11. I'm sorry. You gotta go. I don't need you anymore. So that's big. Also, like, if you're in a green deck, so you're if you're in green, you're either, like, creature heavy or you're, like, landfall. And landfall, you're in your landfall. You're, you're just drawing cards just by existing, like you're <laughs> Rog or Tatyover or something like that. Like, Harmonize just isn't good enough for for a lot of the decks that I play anymore. It's just, like, it's great. It's an amazing card. But it, 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 the return of the wild speaker draws me 12 at instant speed. And it's a finisher. Like, okay. You, you, need,
2: you need to, you need to stop saying that. You need to stop putting that energy out there because then somebody at Watts, he's going to make green better. And I already don't need that. So like, Parmanize Parmanize is very good. It's overpowered. Please stop making green cards that are better. I, I hear what you're
0: saying. Green struggle to draw cards.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is. I think I agree with you, sort of. Like, it is true that you had to play Harmonize back in the day because green wasn't good at drawing cards. I still usually play it, though. Like, I agree that we've got the Great Hench. We've got, you know, Return of the Wild. We've got a ton of other options that are really good. But this one still usually makes it in at the bottom of my card draw list in green deck. So I haven't quite gotten to where you are, where it, like, gets cut. Maybe I just play more, uh, like, a little bit more card draw than you or something. So I still think it's playable. And if I look at my decks, it still shows up pretty consistently. But I think that I probably will be where you are in another couple years of Wizards printing busted green cards. Like it will One get bumped year. off the list Give eventually. Little... I haven't quite gotten there this yet year. but it is it's, it's going <laughs> to happen.
1: Tomer, our friendship was so <laughs> fleeting. I thought I thought we we finally agreed. How can I don't understand? Like it's different card draw. Every all the good green card draw you listed is conditional right? It requires you to hit with a creature, requires you to have many creatures, requires you to cast creatures, right? Or whatever, right? This is just unconditional, straight-up card draw. In the same way, like, you know, four-mana ramp is not better than two-mana ramp because you get double the lands for half the card, you know. No, right? It's a different purpose, right? So this is unconditional card draw, and it is so good that I put it in non-green decks. The only color you wouldn't put it with is blue right because blue has a lot of these effects but even black you just have painful truths and like that's it right like
0: well, that's uh, know, mine. secret
1: rendezvous in white and like that's it right like you don't have this no. just raw unconditional card draw that you can play off of so i agree that yes there's lots of good kind of high-end card draw for green but you still need this unconditional quote-unquote low mana cost, even though four is a lot, right? But it costs a lot more to play a Great Henge and, like, three creatures to draw three cards, right? Mm. Uh, so you still need these cards. And Harmonize is one of the first cards I put in green decks and uh, multicolor decks. So I actually think it's underrated somehow, right? Like, it's <laughs> Better really or worse
0: than Secret Rendezvous? If you have to Secret this, Rendezvous yeah. is three for three,
1: Tomer. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, no. so Secret there, Rendezvous no. is better. Oh. But this is really good. This is really good.
3: All right. Krim, you, Krim, you play this? Grim doesn't play green. What is a green, green
2: card? He loves yeah, green. like, what, why would I ever play this card? A, I it's in green, a color that I often and avidly avoid. That's uh, <laughs> decks yeah. you always ironically play for some reason. Yeah, this is a sorcery that's so unplayable. I, don't, I, have my, of I have my ooze deck, but uh, why would I play it there? Because my ooze deck has blue in it, so I can go ahead and draw that way. I mean... I don't I don't know I mean I just I just <laughs> this card doesn't seem that good. Play
1: play a, uh whatever the Hydra
2: Hydroid Crisis
1: just play that. <laughs> That's an X. Our- That's four mana to draw two. It's <laughs> a body on top of. This card doesn't do enough anymore. I mean Crasis <laughs> is really good.
0: All right. So we're th- we're left at an impasse here for Harmonize. Let's <laughs> know. Uh, if you want to, if you want to <laughs> comment on it, find us, find our YouTube video here uh, and, and post it there. Or you can tweet at us uh, hashtag #Clashmail. Uh, we'll read it there as well. Do you think Harmonize is is underrated, overrated, <laughs> still something that you will auto include in a green deck, or do you end up cutting it more often these days? Let us know. Uh, I'd love to hear different opinions on that one. I don't know if I I gotta rethink my solemn argument now that (laughs) Silver thinks
3: Harmonize
1: is bad. I I don't know if I want to be on this I didn't say it's bad. I said it's good. It's just that
0: Green has insane (laughs) freaking options that Harmonize is not insane. Harmonize is good. But it's not insane, and Green's kind of insane with card draw. That's why. All right, here's a
1: question. My turn four, way. you have four mana. You have a solemn and a Harmonizing Hand. <laughs> what,
2: what do, do you I cast? Solom.
3: Seeker of I play it. Secret onto turn four.
2: I really grabbed the wrong deck. <laughs> this is not my deck.
0: <laughs> 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 what is all these Nissa cards? <laughs> yeah. Oh man. All right. Well, that wraps up uh, our list. As as we said like at the beginning this is not like uh you shouldn't run these cards these are our personal experiences on cards we used to run but not as much anymore so that's basically it it could be power reasons it could be it could be preference reasons it could be whatever reason we wanted we gave it to you what do you think about this list? Uh, do you agree or disagree with some of our assessments? And what are some cards that you used to run but don't anymore, and why? Is it for power reasons, or is it because of preference reasons, or any other reason? Let us know in the comment section below on YouTube, or you can reach us out uh Twitter, hashtag uh, Clashmail, and give us your thoughts there as well. As always, if you enjoy this sort of content, be sure to uh, help us out, help the channel grow by leaving a little like on Spotify or wherever you're listening to this or on YouTube. Uh, Give it a little upvote, a little dingle dangle, all that good stuff. And until next time, friends, see ya!